Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello, I'm Horticulture Week editor Matthew Appleby, and today I'm with Paolo Arrigo of Seeds of Italy, who's been the importer of Frankie seeds for more than 20 years. So, welcome, Paolo. Hi, Matthew. You're making me feel very old now. <laughs> well, I hear you've just been unloading some trucks in, in the summer heat. So, how is importing at the moment? How are you? How are you coping with with bringing things in from the EU? Yeah, we did a um, we did a festival yesterday, um, and uh, uh, unfortunately, um, the van has to be unloaded today, and it's going to be the hottest day of the year. So that 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 should keep me fit. Yeah. So to answer your question, um, it's challenging. You know, t- to be honest, uh, we said uh, before um, the referendum that if we raised barriers to trade um, and we lost our, our, our freedom of movement of, of people and goods um, and, you know, voted to become a third country, that, that trading would be difficult and importing and exporting. And that has been proved to be the case. And, and the other thing, you know, to remember is that Brexit hasn't actually happened yet in the sense that... Um, uh, there are still some transitional um, rules and regs in place from from you know when we were uh, full members of the EU. So when people do say to us, "Oh, don't worry, Paolo," you know it, it, things just need to settle down and uh, and and everything. Actually, that's not the case. Uh, things will probably get worse and will get harder. So some things we can get in quite easily, um, and then some other things. I mean, last year we got our first two pallets of tomato seeds in um, through Brexit and they arrived on the 3rd of July, which is pretty much like having Easter eggs for Christmas. Uh, It wasn't much good at all. Luckily, we had stockpiled, uh, but we were down to our last four tomatoes. You know, so this is this is real. This is a a cause and effect. Um, And it and it is a thing. So now Boris is leaving. 
Do you think that's going to ease the um, the Brexit situation, or will it make no difference? I like to think that uh, whoever comes in next um, takes a softer line on Brexit and is more open uh, to. Uh, you know, considering the effects of Brexit are having on on the British economy. And I think, you know, they are coming out now. Um, at first, you know, people said there was scaremongering and project fear. Uh, but actually, a lot of these things are, are, are clearly um, affecting British business. And that's detrimental. It's detrimental to, um, you know, our lives. Just when, just when, you know, there's the Ukraine war having an effect and there's COVID having an effect as well. We've got this additional handicap uh, which is causing um, further problems. So I hope whoever does come in and who does replace Boris is more open to business, will listen to business, and will um, see that the, the current course we're on is, is is not working. Is there anything specific you'd like changed? Personally, I, I think going back into the single market is 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 uh, would be the ideal because we wouldn't have had any of these problems uh, with trade had we stayed in the single market and we would have been outside of the EU. But unfortunately, it was just never on the on the table. It was always Brexit means Brexit. You know, look, everyone knows me in the industry. I'm very comfortable with my pro-EU views. Is the EU perfect? No, it's not perfect. But my view was always, let's stay in it to change it. And, you know, we've always been um, Britain has always been a driver, you know, a driving force within the EU. Uh, we're founder members of the of the uh, Council of Europe as well, um, and and still members of of, of that. And, and in fact, the EU flag is shared uh, between the EU and the Council of Europe. So, you know, we're very much involved uh, in Europe. We're, we're geographically in in Europe, but unfortunately for trading, we're outside Europe now. We're, we're considered a third country, like Nigeria or. Egypt or, or Australia, and that is is going to create obvious um, problems. Well, I mean, you've been very outspoken on on Brexit, um, you know, ever since it sort of came on the horizon. What do you feel your levels of support are within the industry? Do you think you know the industry, you know? thinks the same as you well haughty was was pretty much pro remain um you know when when you were talking to um to to people in the industry that that was the general um consensus um english roses are the best in the world you know and 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 we have to export those and now uh, we're in a situation if you speak to the 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 rose growers plant producers you know we ship many many plants it's not just plants coming into the uk from holland um you know British uh, growers, British producers have really got their hands tied at the moment with bureaucracy, with paperwork. Look at this heat out here. You know, I'm 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 in an air-conditioned office, so I'm 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 happy. <laughs> uh, but you know, is is a lorry driver going to get out and, and water ten thousand plants in the back of a lorry uh, because it's been delayed due to some? You know, paperwork bureaucracy at the border. Of course not. You know, you're going to have a a lorry full of twigs arrive. We need seamless trips through customs. We, we, we can't have delays in our industry. And actually, that goes for others, you know, where, where you have animals involved, where you have meat or, or, or fresh goods. You know, this could potentially cause many, many problems. We, we all know the problems the fishing industry is having, sausage industry and other prepared meats. So this, this isn't just horticulture. Um, so, yeah, things will really, really have to change. Were you, were you glad when the, the border control post thing 
got delayed. Do you think that will ever sort of come back? So yeah, you're you're talking about uh, uh, place of destination. I think it's called PODs, and and so what that means is essentially the border for for checking of our goods is moved from uh, an actual warehouse, let's say on uh, Dover, to our warehouse. So it's, think of it like a bonded warehouse where we're not allowed to touch the goods until they've been either cleared or inspected and cleared and that has actually worked really well for us um, and I suspect it's a lot quicker for plants uh, as well that they can just be you know delivered direct to the uh, uh, importers and distributors I think obviously if there is a warehouse uh, situation um, that they're it would be temperature controlled and they would would have thought these things through and don't forget of course from an AFA perspective from a plant health um uh, point of view plant health has always been a thing pre-brexit post-brexit during the eu plant health we do not want to import um, seeds and plants that are that are infected with with diseases and neither would do we want to export them as well you know this is a two-way street trade is a two-way street and so so long as uh, everything works with this new center um, then you know and it can be checked there goods can be checked there that's fine but for us the pod scheme works really really well and and i wouldn't be um, at all unhappy if it was kept on but again it keeps the can being it keeps being kicked down the road you know this is a transitional uh, rule and uh, it's it creates uncertainty you know what is going to happen in six months time will we have pod will we have this will we have a new rule will we have a new regulation and this is uh, business hates uncertainty no indeed it does um, and there's been a lot of uncertainty created by another big serious overseas issue the ukraine war mm. and um you have been out there on on a, on a mission to to bring aid haven't you so can you tell us about that yeah a little bit more than that actually so so um on on day two or of or, or something of the or, of of the war i couldn't look at another piece of of, of footage of, of refugees arriving uh, at the border and neither could i for me, you know, neither could I give 50 quid and forget about it, you know, to a charity. And uh, I said to my wife, listen, uh, darling, I love you very much. I'm going to Ukraine tomorrow um, to help. I've got to do something more to help. And um, <laughs> uh, to, to very puzzled looks from my from from my wife. Uh, but she saw that that I was I was um, determined and that I was I was sort of passionate about going. And she said, right, take someone with you and take advice. So I did, you know, my, my, my brother-in-law is a, is a professional soldier and he gave me some, some advice as well, although I'm a seasoned traveler. And so we left and uh, I was actually, it turns out I was the first private Brit on the border with, with Ukraine uh, in Dorohusk taking refugees to safety. So we go in, in large cars, seven seaters, because the problem is with a van, if you go out, you go out full, but you come back empty because you've only got two or three seats. So our aim was was for the refugees. But whilst we were going out, we would take aid as well to, to um, Caritas right at the border. And I've got to say, we went out without a crowdfunder. We broke down. We, uh, it was a very eventful trip. It's a very boring trip. It's a very long trip. But, you know, this is war in driving distance from Calais to Lublin, where we used, uh, which we used as a base, is only 18 and a half hours. And that's quite sobering. And although we don't get into Ukraine, uh, we go down to the border. Uh, so it's not the front line. I can tell you that you see the effects of war. Um, you, you are in a war zone. You see 
injuries, you know, and wounds. You see desperate people who are just coming across that invisible border from Ukraine into Poland and collapsing. Uh, railway ca- um, carriages that, that were intended for eight people have got 24 people in them. They're dehydrated. They're, they've lost their house. They've left their menfolk behind. They're coming through. It's all women and children, and they're coming through with a plastic bag. And then after this trip from wherever they've come from, you know, they've got to go to a sponsor. Um, people are giving, like, like here, you know, British people have risen to the occasion and they've been offering rooms and registering and, and, and raising money and, and aid. It's just the, the reaction in the UK and other countries has just been extraordinary. But they still have to get from that border point to uh, wherever it is they're going, Amsterdam or Poland or Belgium or wherever it is. And we, we can take them there. So we literally pick them up and, and we're called direct drivers. We, we're registered with the Polish police. You just register when you turn up and you tell them where you can go. They assign you a family. And often, you know, we'll stop and, and we'll take the kids to McDonald's. Um, and I have to say on, on, on occasion that they have actually offered to pay uh, as well, uh, which is which considering they've just lost their house and, and, and the situation they find themselves in. They're just such dignified uh, people. Um, so that's what we've been doing. And, and we've taken 23 uh, people to safety. And my view is that if I can take a fighter's family um, to safety, uh, then that fighter doesn't have to worry anymore. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? But it, but it is it is very emotional. There are tears. Uh, it's very very uh, uh, it's a very difficult situation. But to know that you're there and you're helping uh, is obviously um, there, there's no there's no price for 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 for, for helping um, refugees. Oh, indeed. You've obviously got a lot of connections out there. So what's the current situation? Yeah, I, I do now. Yeah, that, 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 that's for sure. We, 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 um, we form sort of bonds with others that we meet out there. And it's not just me um, that, that, that are going out there. There are people flying in from America, from Canada, hiring seven-seaters, literally going to the borders to, to do direct driving. People turning up all over um, from Europe as well. We bumped into a married couple that had got... Um, married the day before and instead of going on honeymoon to Barbados they basically um, turned up at the border and said right what can we do to help and and so you see the best and the worst so to answer your question you know first thing is that they do need aid Uh, they need things like power banks because there's no electricity so to charge up their electrical um, devices drones also uh, mobile phones and things don't forget that when you're giving aid it's actually going to three groups of people it's going to um, refugees who are arriving in in poland and border countries so uh, you know women's hygiene um, products nappies powdered milk for 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 children but just generally um, new clothing you know underwear uh, is is really useful and but it has to be new it's still in the packaging um food aid uh, as well um medicines and, and medical supplies um it's also going to um people who were left behind who couldn't flee so the elderly and disabled especially people who have decided to remain so things like adult diapers uh, are, are in demand and 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 things that might seem banal to us here on the on the ground 
but um, people who have stomas, you know, can't go to the local GP and just pick up stoma supplies. So things like stoma bags and 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 um, sort of ev- even more mundane uh, everyday medical equipment. Uh, if you've sprained your shoulder, you know, but those, those special supports for, for your knees and stuff and of course to the fighters as well so so aid does go to all three groups they are actually having um issues with water and food supplies as well um and really good hiking equipment is is useful so clothes is one of those things that is less important especially in summer clothing uh, and and is quite easily um available so you know when you are um uh, when you are uh, doing uh, collections out there and, and you are collecting uh, aid and, and stuff, sleeping bags, camping equipment is, is really important as well. And please make sure that it's not just throwouts. Make sure it's, it's clean and, and it's good quality stuff is, is what I would say. No, brilliant. Well, thanks, Paolo. I think you've been doing a great job for the whole industry there. But... Can, I, can I just say, Matthew, just, just, just one thing. Ironically, the first family that we picked up, it was a lady who had a an eight month old baby and and she was from the uh, from the town of Irpin which had had actually been you know, sub- significantly flattened and and she had been working uh, as a garden center manager wow so you know it, i know i mean honestly it, it, it's it, it really brought it home you know the, the, just everyday people are doing everyday jobs and and you know here, here there i was and and we had this this bond straight away and we've kept in touch oh well, that's good i mean that's good that you've, you've yeah. found that connection I mean, the, the, all these uh macro impacts have um, a big effect on on trade and business and yes. even even filtering down to the to the uk horticultural industry yes. so what do you think that means um that 2023 prospects are for the uk horticulture industry when we're sitting in this in this place where we've you know we've got brexit we've got this war we've got all these outside influences which are impacting I mean, I don't think any of us in our lifetimes w- w- would have imagined Brexit, COVID and, and a war in Europe, because that's what it is. And and so the combined effects uh, are going to have an effect. Uh, absolutely. So from, from my perspective, um, I think grow your own which we saw a huge jump in demand uh, during March 2020. I think I think we went into to, uh, lockdown on March of 26, didn't we? Um, roughly speaking, and and then there was this this huge jump in demand. I I, I believe someone um, said that it was 60 fold demand for for vegetable seeds at one point. Um, I think that that will uh, continue, uh, not, not to those levels, but I think there will be still a demand for um, veg seed. Veg seed through time, through history, has has tended to uh, increase um, during periods of crisis. Now, th- that's not a, a good thing in the sense that trading conditions obviously now are, are, are really, really uh, bad. Uh, there are going to be issues with energy, so transport costs, fuel costs are going to increase. So Ukraine will have an effect as well on on food shortages. That's going to impact Brexit uh, um, and COVID, both as well 
additionally caused problems with food distribution and supply. You know, people were sick. There were shortages of lorry drivers. We know that, that Brexit has caused shortages in the labour market for, for our industry, for Horty, but also in transportation and other things. So I think certainly from a veg growing perspective, I think Grow Your Own is going to be continue to be a thing uh, it's going to be strong and and it's going to be stable uh, we may see some fluctuations in it adversely at the, at the same time i think we're also going to see you know extra demand on on these vegetable varieties and so there will be shortages you know um brexit has mean, meant that that some varieties are harder to get in and and we've actually stopped importing some of the ones that didn't uh, perform as well didn't sell as well and and you know financially they just wouldn't have have paid their way really uh but i think uh, go, going forwards with all the the additional pressures of of, of brexit covid and and um and ukraine I, I think uh you know we'll see increased demand and then we'll we'll also see uh you know the this extra pressure on seeds so and and possibly plants as well that will will, will spill on to vegetable plants as well is there anything in particular which is hard to get at the moment or will be next year yeah, I think the, the, the thing that um, all the seed companies have been struggling with, and, and if you'd have looked at their websites last year, uh, you would have noticed lots of sold out notices next to tomatoes, peppers and chilies in, in particular. Now, that's partly due to the extra rules and regs on, on uh, brown rigose virus. The thing is that with Brexit, what what's happened, some of the rules for testing etc where things would have been tested in Italy before and that testing regime would have been suitable for uh, any EU country now you know there's extra testing uh, when when goods are arriving in the UK and extra paperwork and extra costs and so I mean obviously I said before plant health is really really important you know we do not want brown rugose virus and we do not want to export brown rugose virus um but just the extra rules and regs are are making things longer to arrive and more costly to import so uh those three items and 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 items that have plant passports as well they can take a little longer as well no no indeed so how would you sum up the 22 season how was that so after 2020 and uh, with COVID and then that, that went into 2021 as well and, you know, with the Brexit and COVID problems, you know, the, the, the sales were absolutely booming. I don't think anyone in the industry has ever seen uh, demand like that. And can I just say it was, I'd never want to see that again. <laughs> again, it was unworkable. The thing is, it's not like a, um, a telephone or a computer screen or a paper cup that where you can just go and manufacture that product. You cannot manufacture seeds and plants, you know, at the end of the day. And so it's more like the, the thing I would say, it's more like a restaurant uh, if you have 80 covers and and then all of a sudden you have 4,000 people turn up, there's no way you can cope with that. So so seeds are finite, plants are finite, they have to be grown. And so it, it wasn't a very nice experience. 2021 was, was back to normal plus 5% or plus 10%. You know, I, I think it was much more like a, a, a pre, you know, a BC, a before COVID um, year. I think buying patterns are still a little bit skew if I mean, we would naturally know how many of, of each species, you know, of tomato seeds or pepper seeds to have in, in March or in, or, or in May or, or in June or in September, etc. 
Um, but now people are buying things, you know, in advance in some cases. Uh, and w w we are seeing buying patterns a little bit, you know, they haven't settled down yet. I'm not saying people are panicking or, the, or, or they're, they're, we've all become preppers. Uh, but certainly, I mean, I, I keep a full tank of petrol in my car now, that's for sure. That's not panic buying, you know, that that is just being sensible. I think Horty is a really good industry to be in. I think, uh, as I said before, you know, veg seeds and food plants, um, veg plants, especially herbs, uh, will, will be buoyant as well. And let's not forget as well the environment. There's a, there's a lot of, you know, the, the leadership contenders at the moment, um, they're all going on and they're doing head-to-heads and stuff, and they're all talking about these issues and trade, etc. They've really forgotten about the environmental impact, the people you know, us buyers, consumers, we're really passionate about global, you know, climate change. Hey, I'm in an air conditioned office. It's going to hit a new temperature record today in London. You know, the previous record I looked it up was 38 and a half. They're talking 40, 41. I don't know if you saw recently glass glaciers in Italy have, have been breaking. Um, one, unfortunately, uh, um, uh, collapsed and, and, and there were many fatalities. This is a real issue. You know, the, the environment, biodiversity uh, is is still uh, a thing. Uh, it's going to be stronger. But I think it did go off the boil uh, during COVID and Brexit and, and Ukraine. But but it's there. And it's it's very, very important that we, we keep reminding consumers as well. As an industry, we have... A, a responsibility you know we have a responsibility not only just to get rid of plastic packaging if we have plastic packaging to to reuse that packaging so it's not wasted and it doesn't go into landfill but plants and seeds are a win-win-win you know they're a win for everyone uh so yes i i think that's that's something that we should be focusing on in 2023 as well so potentially good news for the seed sector in 2023. Well, we've covered a lot of ground there, Paolo, and it's always great to talk to you because you're always full of views, which is brilliant. Um, but uh, we always finish the podcast with a final question, which is, what's your favourite plant? What plant would you take if you were on a desert island and you only could take one? Oh, my word. I think it would have to be uh, tomatoes. I think there's nothing better than when you pick a tomato and at, at air temperature you know in the summer and and you 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 hold it to your nose and your hand smells of the plant and then you take that tomato preferably an, an heirloom tomato look i think any tomato that you grow um in your garden uh, that's great but yeah, i'm not a great fan of the corporate sort of mass produced um varieties are, that are out there I much prefer sort of the heritage um, varieties and you cut that tomato and it's on a plate, it's 10 minutes old or 20 minutes old and you get your olive oil and you get your burratina or, or, or your mozzarella and, and some fresh basil, basil that's been planted in the ground, not in a pot. You know, ground grown basil is so much more fragrant. Pots dry up, especially in this weather, You're, we're forever watering them. And there's just something magical about this little seed that you put into dirt and you water and you end up with this magnificent red pulpy sweet uh, juicy tomato in in your plate and I think that's the the, the flavor of the summer and don't forget as well that it's it's something that's just so um, 
uh, versatile that you can can a tomato or as the Americans call it, you know, you can bottle them, you can make sauce and you can freeze them. You can freeze them whole. They're just one of the, the most diverse um vegetables you know uh, fruits technically fruit isn't it um that, that you can grow in your garden and we, we've got a lovely climate in the uk for growing tomatoes it's temperate you know we don't get these temperature bounces that, that you'll see in italy very very cold winters with snow and skiing you know italy's a 74 percent alpine country people always forget that and then you know summers that are very very hot uh, which can cause massive problems. We're, we're much more, um, much much more stable. You know, we have winters that are cold but not too cold, and summers that are hot but not too hot. But of course, hot enough to grow tomatoes, and we have greenhouses as well, so we can extend that season. So for me, no question, it would definitely be the tomato. Great. Thanks, Paolo, making me feel hungry, so I'm going to have to go. But um, So thanks very much to Paolo Arrigo from Seeds of Italy, and I'm off to get my lunch, and I'm Matthew Appleby from Horticulture Week. So make sure you never miss a Hort Week podcast. Subscribe to or follow Hort Week podcasts via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts, or your preferred podcast platform. So once again, thanks to Paolo, and goodbye till next time. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.